0: Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. Raise your hand if you're guilty of this. You hit the buy now button without even thinking. I know I certainly am, but what if all of those buy now purchases are moving you further away from your dreams and goals without you consciously being aware of it? In today's episode with money-saving expert Jeanette Pavini, we move from mindless spending to mindful spending and uncover the secret to finding joy in
1: saving money. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Come to Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. I am so happy you
0: decided to join us on this episode. It is no secret that I love to talk about saving money, and I think so much of quote-unquote doing money can seem like a chore or a task or even just stress-inducing. It's easier to just spend money than it is to save it, especially if you're saving for something that feels just a really big and expensive. And the shift I've done in the last few years is very consciously taking money tasks that feel like a chore And finding the fun and joy in them. And I can't say it's a magic potion, but wow, it sure has changed things for me in all areas of my life. And I want the same thing for you. So listen, you are going to love Jeanette. She's a two-time Emmy-winning award consumer reporter and shares her financial expertise with hundreds of media outlets. And she's also the author of a new book called The Joy of Saving. By the end of this episode, you will completely change your thought pattern around saving money and walk away with some sneaky tips to save money in your bank account right now. Oh, and you'll want to stay to the end of this episode to hear Jeanette's super actionable steps to start finding joy in saving money right now. Let's dive in. It, it blew my mind when I read that you've been a part of something like 10,000 money-saving stories over the years, so I thought... <laughs> You know, you must have some really good tricks up your sleeve.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I think uh, it's it's probably now, it's well over 10,000 uh, money-saving stories. I, I I think if I would have taken my advice all along the way, uh, I'd be in really great shape. But I, I definitely know how to save
0: money. I just need to make sure I always practice it. You and me both, right? <laughs> well, I have so many things I want to talk to you about, but I, I love obviously talking about saving money. And I find it's this this thing that is always on all of our to-do lists, but doesn't always feel like fun. Sometimes it can really feel like a burden. And I'm always trying to share with everyone listening to the show how they can look at saving and budgeting through just a different lens than the narrative that's out there. But since you're the expert, how can we start a process of finding joy in saving? Like, what are we doing wrong that makes this feel more like a burden? And, and uh, you know, how do we take it to that joy stage? Yeah, I, I think, you know, you really hit the nail on
2: the head for what we need to do to start saving money. Because when you look at it as a drudgery, when you look at it as something that you're having to having to do as as like a chore, it's not going to happen. And we need to look at it from a joyful lens, uh, a lens that gives us empowerment. And you know what, I go back, the, the, the subtitle to my book is Money Lessons I Learned from My Italian American Father in 20 Years as a Consumer Reporter. And my father was, um, you know, lived through the great, he was part of the greatest generation, the generation that went through the Depression, went through World War II. And when they came back from, you know, World War II, and, and it was a really difficult time for our country and our world, um, they they not only survived, but that generation thrived. And it fascinated me as to how they did that. And that's really where I started to think of why I needed to write this book was in April of 2020, when we were really getting hit with the pandemic and it was hitting us, uh, you know, small businesses and the economy and unemployment. I thought, okay, this is history in a way repeating itself with this, you know, massive global, uh, you know, economic, um, you know, downfall. And, yeah. but how did that generation do it? And what they did was they had a relationship With their money, with their cash, with their currency, they lived within their means. They knew how much they had coming in, and they knew how much they had going out, and they made it a joyful process. I mean, my father had there were seven mouths to feed in our family. I don't think my father ever made over forty five thousand dollars a year in his sixty year career. But my dad knew how to save save money, and I he found joy in it, and and. That really is, I think, the most important thing is we have to change our money mindset. Be excited about it. Get empowered with it.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I, I'm thinking back to that that generation. And obviously, mm-hmm. they didn't have the technology that we have now. They didn't have credit cards. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. feels like now so much is flying at us every second. I mean, I get so many emails a day from all sorts of places that want me to spend money there. And it's sometimes very hard to not push the buy now button. And how do we cultivate, how do we take some of those lessons that, that your father learned and cultivate them like living in the times that we are now with so much consumerism? It, and you you said something that
2: i think is really so important here pressing the buy button credit card we um my very first story i wrote for when i was a columnist for market watch it was on the relationship we have with Money, because we really don't have a relationship with cash. And in my book, I write about that article because there was a study that was done where there's actually pain associated when you have to turn over cash or currency or a debit card, as opposed to mindlessly giving a credit card. And I know that for myself too. You know, I remember one time I was shopping on the East coast. I was really excited. I bought these things and I came back to the hotel and I looked at the receipt and I was like, I just spent that much. And if I had to turn over, I'll admit it, it was $800 on just some clothes. If I had to turn over eight $100 bills, there's no way I would have done that. I might have spent $200. So I think it's because in those what you what you mentioned about that generation, they didn't have the buy now buttons. They didn't have my dad had the envelope system. It's like he got paid and he put, okay, this is how much is going to food. This is how much is going to gas. This is how much is going to clothes. This is how much is going to, you know, uh, electricity bills. And that is where the relationship, we have to get back to that. And it's scary, right? It's like, okay, I don't want to know, but putting our head in the sand is not the answer. You will be, you'll feel so good when you know exactly how much you're spending, because then what you could do is you could say, okay, What is flexible in my monthly budget that I can actually lower? Or, or eliminate that cost, and what is set in stone, um, and I, we could talk a little bit about that because I do have strategies for that. But to to get back to your point, it it is it's a mindlessness that we all are guilty of, myself included. Are you know my credit card is linked up to Amazon or to different accounts and Whole Foods, and I just click, click, click. We we have to be aware that that click means money is coming out of an account
0: somewhere. Yeah, I really want to talk about some strategies too, because I think that's really mm-hmm. important. And I was thinking about this idea of how we develop a, like a healthy saving money system or routine or something that we can really tangibly do every month. Is it? Is it the process of like figuring out maybe what spending categories are triggers for us or is is there a way to to cultivate a system that that feels easy to do but we can really start to see progress
2: yeah so cuz i do feel like it you do you have to have a strategy mine is very very simple and I, I could break it down into three steps. The first is what we just talked about. Nothing is gonna change until we shift our money mindset. In fact, my first three chapters in the book, I talk about shifting the money mindset. If you feel guilty about things, oh, I did this, I shouldn't have done that. Just it doesn't even matter anymore because we've all been there. I mean, part of the reason I started doing money saving segments 20 years ago is because I needed as a single mom living in the Bay Area to figure out how do I <laughs> save money? Like how do I feed, you know, how do I put a wardrobe together? together. That was my very first segment. How do you put a kid's wardrobe together? Complete wardrobe for under a hundred bucks. And it it caught on. Like the response was amazing because people want to know these things, but I started having fun with it. So you, you, you got to let any guilty feelings go of that, of any mistakes. They're just learning lessons. And today's a new day. We're moving forward here. And so, um, that's the money mindset next. Okay. Knowledge is power. Look at Every single expense that you have every month and just write it out for 25 years. I did this in a journal. Just, I wrote it out. Like my dad has a journal he kept for 60 years. I just wrote it out. I didn't do anything. I didn't use Excel spread. I do now, but for 25 years I did not. And I wrote out every single expense. And then you look at those and I did this at the beginning of the year when I was starting to talk about the book because I wanted to share with people what you could do. All right. I took four things that were flexible in my monthly expenses because you either have things like your mortgage or your rent that are kind of set in stone, but the other things are pretty flexible. So I took four things. The first thing that I took was I took my, um, like my cable, phone and internet, uh, bill and I was paying a lot and I called them up and I talked to them and I readjusted the plan. I knew I was going to stay with them. So I assigned another, you know, whatever it was, 12 month agreement, but I lowered it by $60 a month. So right there, now I'm saving 60. Then I called my cell phone company, which I've had for like 20 years. I don't know if I've ever revisited that plan, but I'm not kidding you. I was able to shave $90 off of, my, I was paying a ridiculous amount yeah. for my cell phone, $90. Now I'm $150. I'm giving myself a raise. And then the last thing I did was we have a, uh, you know, a security, a home security system. And it really wasn't, it was $50 a month, but I got them to lower it. To $30 a month. I just talked to him and I said, look, you know, I'm paying a lot. Uh, I've, uh we don't really, you know, uh, we're, have any plans on changing. I'd like to stay. I'm a loyal customer. She said, well, I'm going to give you our loyal customer plan. And I brought it down. So now I'm already close to $200 a month. That's $2,400 a year. And that's after taxes. So it's really like you have to earn $3,400 a year to cover $2,400 a year. Yeah. So, so that's, just do it. It takes like, even if you say, okay, today I'm going to call two companies. I'm not kidding you right now. More than ever, companies are willing to work with people. If you've been laid off or if you're, you know, business is struggling, call them, talk to them, there's plans. So that's, that's super important. The next thing I did was I looked at uh, my biggest flexible expense, which was my grocery bill. Okay. So what I did was I made sure I joined my store's loyalty club because right there I'm going to save. I use the coupons.com app and their uh, cashback offers, and that saves me. And then if something is out of stock, I ask for a rain check because I'm going to save money when it comes back in stock. They'll give me the sale price, even if it's not on sale. And I plan my menu around what is on sale at the grocery store. I've done this story so many times over the years, and I and I am not exaggerating. You could slash your grocery bill by doing those four things um, by up to 40 even 50% in some cases. Oh, right there, wow. you're giving yourself a raise. I mean, really, if you do nothing else, join your store loyalty club and build your menu around that. Use apps like coupons.com to save and, and get cashback offers and ask for rain checks. Uh, you'll save a lot of money. Um, so so now I've I've given myself a raise, a couple hundred bucks a month. I'm empowered now. And- that's really, it's really as simple as, as, doing those things. Um, and you know, keep track of how much you have coming in and always try to pay yourself. Even if it's $5 a week, you will get in the habit of saving money and it will add up and it is empowering. I I mean, really, even if it is $5 a week, $4, whatever it is, save something.
0: Moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, EarnIt provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. EarnIt is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the EarnIt app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Ernan in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas It will really help the show. Talking money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters, and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I'm sorry, but I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a mini golden mountain doodle full of life, and I would do just about anything to keep her happy, healthy, and safe. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family, and you want to do the best for them. But vet bills can really add up. We jokingly keep telling Winnie she needs to get a job to pay for her vet bill. That's why you should check out pet insurance and with ASPCA pet health insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA pet health insurance program offers customized accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA pet health insurance program has been around for over 18 years and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping to ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independent American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer is not engaged in the business of insurance. We've got an Ask Shauna from Sam. And Sam says, You have so many great episodes that I listen to over and over again. Thank you so much. I want to get better at reading about money, too. It's a 2021 goal that I have. I'm curious of all the authors you've had on the show, what are some of your favorite money books that you think I should read? My goal is to do one book a month if I can make that happen. We'll see, but it's a goal. And just thanks for this podcast. I've learned so much. And honestly, I'm really pissed off that they don't teach this stuff in school. I would have avoided so many money mistakes, but just glad it's here now. Well, Sam, thank you so much for that. Yeah, I share in your pissed (laughs) offery about why money isn't taught in school. I think this should be taught from really young childhood. And I know that there are some schools now that are teaching about money and financial literacy is definitely gaining movement. I teach a class in college level, but I feel like it's a human right, right? That we know about money. And it seems really weird that we don't learn about this. We learn how to put a condom on a banana, (laughs) or at least I did in school. But we don't learn what to do with our money. And I'm right there with you. I could have avoided so many money mistakes had I just had some education. And maybe I wouldn't have necessarily avoided the money mistakes, but I might have known how to get out of them, which I think is just as important because we're humans, we're all going to make some level of mistakes. But anyway, back to your question. Yes, there have been so many many authors on this show. It is really hard for me to come up with a top five list. I did an episode, I think it was at the end of 2020, December, so look for it, where I talked about the top 10 favorite money books that I've had, and I also talked about all of the authors that have been on this show. And This episode is definitely full of uh, great knowledge from Jeanette Pavini and her wonderful book, Finding Joy in Saving. So that is definitely what I would pick up. But here is my top five. Number one is The Wealthy Gardener by John Sephoric. I was very hesitant to have John on the show. I don't know why. I just thought, I'm not sure if this will really resonate. But I got a copy of his book and I read through his book in a weekend and I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> We have to have John on the show. This is such an important message about mindset, about building sustainable wealth, about thinking outside of the box. So that is definitely one book that I love. Number two would be Plant Your Money Tree by Michelle Snyder. We've had Mish on the show several times, and this is one of those investing books that I have on my nightstand and I go back to over and over again because for me, it really helped Demystify investing, and uh, I'm just like a lot of you, where investing, even though I'm a financial expert, investing was still kind of this thing that I didn't really know what I was doing. But this book definitely helped me find a actionable strategy. Number three would be Happy Money by Ken Honda. If you want to feel good about your relationship of both money with letting go some of the stress and fear around money you have to have happy money. <laughs> Number four is Invested by Danielle Town. I had Danielle on the show a couple years ago and she and I actually became really good friends. I went over to Switzerland to actually visit her. She lives in Zurich, but this is a great book where she shares her story of how she got into investing and it it chronicles like a 10-month journey that she took with her father to really understand investing. And she walked you through all of the steps that she did so you can do them right along with her. Highly, highly, highly recommend this book. And number five would be Holistic Wealth by Keisha Blair. I love this book and I love this idea of holistic wealth, that wealth isn't just about one thing, about your retirement account or a house that you have or a car, whatever it might be. Certainly not about your bank account, but it's really holistically about are you growing wealth to sustain the life you want to live, to move you in the direction of the life you want to live? And how do you do that? So that would definitely be another book I would pick up. But honestly, Sam, you could go back to any of the authors on this show. They would all be books that I would recommend reading. I try to be pretty selective of who's on this show and and make sure that that the authors and the books are concepts that I think all of us need to know, no matter where you live, no matter what your age is, no matter what your demographic is, how much money you make. Uh, I think every author on the show has a book that is definitely worthy to be on your bookshelf. So check some of those out and let me know what your favorites are. I would love to know what some of your favorite authors are. You can go to the link in the show notes to ask and ask Shauna a question or to just send me a note if you've got a success story about money or you've got someone who's been on the show that you really love. Send me a message and let me know because I want to hear from you. I love that so much. I share all the time on this podcast, calling your cell phone. Uh, company, your internet, your cable. I mean, I do this, I kid you not, two times a year. And I always save money and it blows my mind every time. Like every time there's, there's a new offer that's better for me, that saves me money. And so I think sometimes it's easy to listen to us talk about those things and think, oh, that's not a reality. That can't happen for me. But it could, like somebody listening could be just minutes away from carving out a couple hundred dollars. I think that's pretty powerful.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I'm glad you do it too, because, you know, I want to try to practice what I preach so that I can (laughs) accurately say, hey, it worked for me. You know, I think we have to also, like, even if it was, okay, saving $20, let's say, on my home security. Well, you have to think how hard. How many hours do you work to earn twenty dollars, and and that's again twenty dollars after taxes. So really, if you're paying twenty dollars for something, you probably have to earn about twenty eight to thirty two dollars, depending on where you're at. So it, you know you have to put it in the context of of almost like you're visualizing it. Because getting back to what you were saying earlier about pressing by, we really don't have the relationship with cash. I mean, how often do we really use cash these days, right? Yeah, never, um, never. And, and it's a shame in a way. Uh, because that's where the relationship comes right that's why my dad had those envelopes and when that envelope ran out we were eating a lot of macaroni you know i mean when the <laughs> yeah. grocery you know and but but you know and and the joy comes from uh, and i also did a whole chapter on this too is you know especially for young families like how do you have fun with your kids how do you have fun on date nights how do you do all that on a dime well there's ways and clearly that generation did. Um, I mean, they had a hoot with, without really spending
0: any money. Yeah. And I think that's what's so powerful is when you start to really unlock this in your brain, going back to the mindset piece, when you start to really unlock that there are A, lots of ways you could save money, but B, that you don't have to spend a lot of money to have fun. I think that's when, mm-hmm. wh- what you're saying, that's when you can really start to to have the joy. I mean, my husband and I, we live in Los Angeles, and so pretty much the last year we've been in lockdown <laughs> out here. Mm-hmm. So it's been mm-hmm. this uh, this time where we cultivated like this art of how do we do things and and have fun in our day that a don't cost money, but b we don't have to necessarily go anywhere. And we've carved out all of these like interesting things and developed hobbies and. Not had to spend a lot of money, so I think it really makes you rethink how how you live your life going forward. I think that's what's maybe semi exciting about this time, if I can use that word. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, I think yeah. I mean, you're finding like,
2: and that's a really good point. I, I it's it's. It's, I, I, yeah, is it a silver lining? I mean, this has been such a difficult time, but it is something, it's in a way an indirect gift, right? Because I think we've realized two things this past uh, year. Number one is the value of, of being able to hug our families and friends because we have not you know, I'm in Northern California, same thing, you know, I've, we basically have been home. And number two is you can have fun uh, without going out and spending money. You could do things virtually. You could, like you said, hobbies. I mean, these are all things, we've really reevaluated. This has been a humbling year, very humbling year for for many of us. And and really the importance of having a savings account, I think is, is clearer now than ever, because so many people were in this position where, you know, uh-oh, I, I'm out of my job and I don't have a savings. So now's our time to start building back that savings. And I really feel like um, you know, we we need to find ways to save money and make it fun. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, virtual events right now, we're doing so many things virtually. We could be in the comfort of our home and it doesn't cost nearly as much. Yeah,
0: it it is. It is. I think it's, again, it comes back to this mindset and uh, I love the idea of creating a relationship with money I talk about that a lot because we you're right we don't we don't have this relationship and I'm totally guilty of it myself uh, and and I want to go back and talk about something that seems really obvious but I I actually get asked this question a lot and I think it's important to step back and talk about it why is why is saving money even important like how can savings? Radically change our life.
2: That's such a great question. I think it does two things. Um, I think one is a very concrete thing that it's it's uh, it's an emergency fund should you need it because it's not really a question of if you're going to need it. It's a question of when you're going to need it because the car is going to break down or you're going to chip a tooth or you know something's going to come up with your kids. So having money in the bank is there's a practical reason to have that because because your monthly budget might not allow for an emergency. So it's kind of like it's a practical thing. But then there's a psychological thing. And when I was writing the book, I found an interesting study that talked about how even having $250 in a savings account shifts the mindset Of people where they feel a little more empowered and a little bit more, um, you know, confident about the ability Mm, to save money. And those people, even if they made less than someone that was making more but didn't have a savings, they had a better outlook on saving money. So, it goes back to, again, like what I was saying about my dad with making, you know, no more than 45,000. Of course, that was many years ago, but still wasn't much, Um, you know, at the time uh, for seven people to live on 45,000 a year is not a lot, <laughs> yeah. but it was, he, he just, he saved money he, because he had that mindset. Like he always used to say to me, my generation, we earned a quarter and then we would spend 15 cents. And we would try to save a dime. Your generation earns the quarter, spends the quarter, and then borrows another quarter at twenty five percent interest. I grew up hearing this.
1: Yeah, guilty, guilty.
2: And and and, you know he was right. And so, uh, but you know, it's living within those means. So I think having a savings does a practical thing, which is it, it's there in case you need it. And then a psychological thing. And the psychological thing is, is really important. It just gives you some, I don't know, just something, a, a vote of confidence for yourself. And again, it doesn't have to be a lot. It just, you know, like stimulus checks are coming out right now. And, you know, I mean, for some people like t- try to take some of that and save it, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's so powerful. I, I love that. And I, I love the stories talking about, about your, your dad and how you were raised. Tell me a little bit about like your money story. Were you, uh, did you, did you kind of, step into the saving money from growing up the way you did? Or how did you find your way into talking about saving money? Um, so
2: yes, I grew up with understanding the value of a dime. And I really do mean that. And I, I, every chapter that I have in the book, I start with a funny thing about, you know, my dad and how, what he would do with the different things of, of ways we'd save money because it was h- hilarious.
0: So I mean, I oh, do you, do you have a funny one? Do you have a funny one you could share? I,
2: you know, I mean, thinking about it, like um, he would, I mean, like okay, buying buying. He had this belt. Okay, he always had two belts. He had his everyday belt and he had his dress belts. And I remember someone said <laughs> to him because the, the the everyday belt was a little worn. He said, "Galdo, why do you got that belt? You know, it's it's tattered. It's he goes. What do I need another belt for?" It holds my pants up. I'm fine. You're gen- And then he'd go into the, your generation, your generation. Da, 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 you know, I got, he had the same car for 40 years and he could have at that point. Wow. You know, oh yeah. And, and he really, you know, I have to say he retired with, uh, they owned a house in the Bay area debt free, absolutely no credit cards. And, um, you know, when he passed away a couple years ago, I I started to take over. It's hilarious. I I took over the money and to oversee my mom's care. And so I I looked at what he had in the banking account. And I was like, Oh, my God, how did he do that? And I, (laughs) I told my mom, and I remember we're sitting there. And, you know, it's kind of the last couple days of my dad, and he really wasn't uh, there, he was kind of you know in this state of, of doing his transition, and she looked at him. And she said, "Galdo, if I knew this, we would have done a lot more traveling. I mean, it was hilarious, <laughs> you know." I, but the, the reason I can take care of my mom now, and that she's able to stay home with a caregiver because she's much older now, in her nineties, and and she has you know dementia, but she's living a nice life in her home is because of what he saved. There's no possible way we would have been able to do this. So he was planning ahead. Like he that was part of his thing. Jeanette, take care of your mom. I saved this money. You know, let her stay in the house. And so I mean, it's so that was just a cute story with my mom looking although I would have, you know, traveled a lot more. So um it's it's it was a lot of growing up like that and then becoming getting out and getting into credit card debt, right? 18, what are you? You're prime for credit cards because you have no bad credit, you have no credit. And I really started charging and and then, you know, doing everything. It was like, oh, this is great. I don't have to worry about it. And then I got in credit card debt. So, uh, and then, you know, when I got married and I eventually, you know, had my son, I realized how difficult it was to be a parent and try to save money and try to work while you're trying to reach your own goals. And so it was really lessons I learned the hard way. And I started doing news stories uh, and at the local TV station And it just hit. It just hit. Everyone wanted more and more ways to save money. And it parlayed into a career with CBS News locally in San Francisco and many years. And then I just, that was it. It was always about, and it branched out into other things like not just saving money in your everyday life, but protecting yourself as a consumer or how to, you know, things about your credit score and, and all of that. But it was a journey. And, and I realized once I started saving money, I was like, okay, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back, yeah. and if it meant not buying the new car or not buying that pair of shoes, I, I I didn't want to go back. And and I think you've got to get as excited about seeing a hundred dollars in your savings account as you do the five hundred dollar jacket that you got for a hundred dollars sitting in your closet.
0: I want everyone to like rewind and play that over again <laughs> uh, because I think that you know what what you're teaching us is. It really is how to find joy, but, but the joy is not just like a fleeting emotion. It is that you are empowered with your money, that you are able to make changes. Because I want to throw this out to you, and I get asked this question a lot, and I know we talked about some, some avenues to save money, but a lot of people push back because they are in really dire financial uh, situations Really paycheck to paycheck, and they say, Okay, this is great, Shauna, but I can't figure out any ways to save money. Like, how do you respond? to someone who's in, in that sort of situation.
2: Yeah, that, that's an important point because I I don't want people to think that I'm not aware of that, of what it is living to paycheck to paycheck and, and wondering, do I pay, you know, my mortgage, my rent, or do I, you know, pay the tuition or, so I understand that. And, and I, I, I think it's two things on that is number one is going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, try to find ways in your flexible things, in the things that are not set in stone to save money, like, you know, calling, asking, hey, can we lower this? What's the best deal you could get me? Because I'm pretty sure you will find some things. um, Doing things like what we talked about with grocery and personal care items and, you know, buying things, you know, at dollar store, all that stuff is going to save you money. And if you're doing all that and it's still, you know, uh, it's a, a paycheck to paycheck or struggle, which I completely understand. I think at that point, it's time to take advantage and look beyond at, at programs that can help you. You know, if you have credit card debt, there's, you know, nonprofit credit card uh, uh, agencies out there that are going to help you, you know, um, Work with you on your credit cards. Um, there's, uh, you know, agencies that will help you for medical things. There's, you know, there's so many things that are available to you that you might not know about, and it's worth it to take the time to to find out about those things. And then it's like, you know, certain things. Um, like let's say you're you're feeling uh like w- with your kids and you know trying to keep your kids entertained and things like that like this is where you know taking advantage of friends or relationships to, to trade off. And maybe not right now, obviously during COVID and, you know, when we're dealing with this, you know, kind of more of a shelter, but when things open up again, you know, doing trades with friends where they take the kids so that it gives you time so that you're not paying for childcare for certain days or, you know, things like that. I mean, I, I think we just have to really get creative, but more than creative, we also need to get moving, you know, and, and, Shifting again that mindset, the affirmation, the self-talk. Like we got to try to have that can-do. Take advantage of government programs, of local programs that help people because they're out there, and it's amazing to me. I just did a, a story recently on um, people that are, uh, you know, need caregiver help and the things that are available for for caregivers to give people a break. Um, you know, there's there are things out there. Yeah,
0: yeah, I love and
2: what. And and if you have kids that have special needs or certain things or a particular medical condition, I always recommend contacting The uh, particular organization that oversees that particular, like, let's say I have a friend whose daughter had severe colitis, and she contacted the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. I'm also very involved with that foundation, so I'm aware. But they have, um, like, camps for kids. They have education for kids. They have things that will help you because medical is such a big expense it's a good resource to to start to figure out how how to navigate that.
0: That's such great advice. I love that. Well, for our our Millennial Money listeners, to kind of tie this together, what would be a couple of action steps that you think we should take right now after we listen to this interview to really help us start to find the joy in saving? Are there a couple of things we should do or we can do? Yeah, I
2: think uh, the first thing, is to, um, number one would be to, to look at your expenses, just look at them and, and have fun with picking your top three things that you think you might be able to lower that monthly expense. Maybe it's your cable bill. Maybe it's your cell phone bill, whatever it is, just pick three. That's all just pick three and, and make it, uh, make a phone call, talk to them, see about lowering it. And I guarantee that once you get, something lowered, even if it's $15 or $20, you're going to want to go to the next thing and the next thing. So that, that I think is number one. And then I want people to know that they can still have fun. Like we need to have fun. And so, you know, start to look at ways like gold star is an online virtual, uh, website that they, they often offer really low cost. or or free, uh, you know, activities. Start to find ways to have fun. If you want to ha- have a dinner, um, you know, think about ordering it from the lunch menu because it's less expensive and and uh, save it and heat it up for dinner. I mean, things like that, like start to have some fun, but in a way that you're saving money because what you don't want to do is feel like you're depriving yourself. Um, and 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 I think the last thing would be is to really, really, and I'm taking a class on this right now because I even realize myself that my self-talk sometimes gets me in trouble. My thing is with like diet and exercise, like, okay, oh, I hate exercise or I hate that. I'm trying to <laughs> change it. And um, this, this brilliant woman who I, I'm taking her classes said, she goes, okay, you have three words that you're going to say. You're going to say up until now. I hated exercise. So now it's shifting. So you could say, up until now, I have not been able to save money. Just It's just up until now. So just shift it. And it's amazing. And visualize that, you know, there's joy and that you're having fun and that you see $100, $120 in your bank account. It will start to shift everything. But taking control and empowering yourself, everyone can do that. And, and look for help. Do not be... Do not be afraid to ask for help. There are so many great programs. At the end of every chapter, I put a resource of how people can get help in those particular areas. And one last thing, if you do feel you need to shop, I'm a big fan of resale shops because I feel like you could get great deals. It helps the environment. And it's it's, many times you get things like 90% off what the retail price would have been.
0: It's great for kids. Well, Jeanette, this has been fun. (laughs) I have thoroughly (laughs) enjoyed uh, talking about finding joy in savings. I would love for you to tell everyone listening where they can go to grab a copy of your book and uh, connect with you.
2: Yes. So my book, The Joy of Saving, is available on Amazon. And, um, I have a joy of saving community. So if you, uh, through Facebook, um, so if you go to my website, which is just Jeanette um, it will have all the links to my, you know, to my communities, to my newsletter for, uh, the joy of saving secrets. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm always trying to put new tips out there, little things, strategies to keep us all, you know, we're all in this together. And one last thing I'll say is I I feel like um, part of my brand or what I try to talk about is I want to help you to help yourself so you could help others because I feel like we're all in this together. And that's another thing that's really empowering is finding ways to volunteer your time or your energy. It doesn't cost you a dime, but it's amazing how empowering that could be. My dad was a big volunteer and he taught us that. And I think that it's a great way for us to feel good about ourselves and to help the greater good.
0: Wow. Not only is Jeanette super cool to talk to, but she dropped so many gems in this episode that even I had to listen to it a second time. So You've got your action steps and I want to encourage you today to start finding joy in your savings. I guarantee you it's going to shift things for you. And if you enjoyed this episode, here's two ways you can help. Number one, share this episode with your friends and family members. It's the number one way we can keep growing the show and bringing on amazing guests like Jeanette. Number two, head on over to iTunes, leave us a review, tell me how this podcast has helped your money journey. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new one.
1: Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.